for me. Instead, when I come home from the office, all you want to do is go out or- I make dinner every night for you. Surprised by their display of unrestrained emotion in front of us, they stopped silent, looked at us as if to say, see, our marriage isn't what it's supposed to be. Tom and Laura entered their marriage believing that happiness would abound. They'd heard marriage was hard work, but they didn't expect it to be a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week job. The belief in happily ever after marriage is one of the most widely held and destructive marriage myths. But it's only the tip of the marital myth iceberg. Every difficult marriage is plagued by a vast assortment of misconceptions about what marriage should be. In this chapter, however, we consider only those ideas that are most harmful and most common. Number one, we expect exactly the same things from marriage. Number two, everything good in our relationship will get better. Number three, everything bad in our life will disappear. Number four, my spouse will make me whole. The goal of this chapter in exploring these four myths is to take the mythology out of marriage. For too long, marriage has been saddled with unrealistic expectations and misguided assumptions. Liberated from these four myths, couples can settle into the real world of marriage with all of its joys and sorrows, passion, and pain. Okay, myth number one. We expect exactly the same things from marriage. What we anticipate seldom occurs. What we least expect generally happens, especially in marriage. Saying I do brings with it a host of conscious and unconscious expectations that aren't always fulfilled. Neil and Kathy, a couple in their late 20s and married for four years, each had a clear image of what life together would be like, but they'd never discussed their ideas. They, like most couples, simply assumed the other had an identical picture of marriage in their mind. Nothing, however, could have been further from the truth. I expected married life to bring more stability and predictability to our lifestyle. To me, it meant working in the garden together, said Kathy. I want our marriage to be exciting and spontaneous, not a ho-hum routine. To me, it meant riding motorcycles together, said Neil. As far back as early childhood, Neil and Kathy began dreaming of how married life would be. They grew up in homes where parents modeled married life. They read books describing loving relationships. They watched television shows and movies depicting scenes from marriage. For years, they'd fantasized about life after crossing the threshold. With little effort, each had formed an idea of what it would and should be like to live as a married couple. Consciously and unconsciously, Neil and Kathy painted brushstrokes on their mental marital canvases. But it never occurred to either of them that the other might be working from a different palette. They simply assumed their lifelong partner would work with the complementary colors in a similar style. The first year of marriage, however, revealed sharp and unexpected contrasts. What Kathy thought of as security, Neil thought of as boring. They valued many of the same things, but with different levels of intensity. Kathy painted carefully with a delicate pastel, while Neil painted boldly with primary colors. Most incongruous expectations fall into two major categories unspoken roles, and unconscious roles. Bringing both of them out into the open can save years of wear and tear on a young couple's marriage. Let's talk about unspoken rules. Everyone lives by a set of rules that is rarely spoken but always known. Needless to say, unspoken rules become more vocal when our spouse breaks them. This became painfully obvious to us when we visited our families for the very first time as a married couple. 
One Christmas, we flew from Los Angeles to Chicago to be with families for the holidays. The first night was at my house. As it was my family's custom, I woke up early in the morning to squeeze in every possible minute with my family. Les, on the other hand, slept in. I interpreted Les's sleeping as avoidance and rejection and felt he didn't value time with my family. It's totally embarrassing to me, I told Les. Everyone's waking up and eating in the kitchen. Don't you want to be with us? I couldn't understand why Leslie was so intense. What did I do, I asked. I'm just catching up from jet lag. I'll be down after my shower. I found out later that Les expected a slower, easier pace during the holidays because that's how it was at his house. In this incident, Les had broken a rule he didn't even know existed, and I discovered a rule I'd never even put into words. We both felt misunderstood and frustrated, and we both had our own ideas about what was acceptable, and it never occurred to either of us.